Hello and welcome back to the FEZ show. It is Thursday the 14th of May and we are still clutching at straws to talk about any news. Um, there has literally not been much to talk about in motorsports until Vettel decided to leave F1 this week. Well maybe F1 or Ferrari this week however you want to put it and that's all that everyone can talk about. So I think we just have to also join them. If you can't beat them, join them. And we might have to talk a little bit about the situation that is unfolding in front of our eyes in Formula 1 at the moment. So joining me to talk Formula E slash Formula 1 is William Dodds and Jack Pickering. Morning, boys. Good morning. Oh, what it has. It's been a... In terms of Formula E, it has been a very slow week. There hasn't really been much. Again... You know, they've stopped. Today should have been the race at home challenge press conference, for example. But, you know, again, not happening like last week. Didn't happen. So no news to get out from that. I have a feeling that they haven't done that simply because we've been repeating races. And because we're repeating races, I feel like there would be a lot of journalists sort of digging in them. Us. Maybe they've heard us. Us. Digging at them to find out what's going to happen, Jack, in terms of the rest of this race at home challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think we've we've we uh, we've discussed the track choice quite a lot. Yeah, we're going, yeah, we're going back to Hong Kong, and but yeah, hopefully, as the season unfolds, uh, we believe something's coming. But yeah, uh, but yeah, we've still got five more rounds of race at home challenge left. So obviously, we'll get into more of that tomorrow in tomorrow's show as we preview the Hong Kong round. But it's just interesting that you know it was nice having these virtual press conferences. Will just so we could find some stuff out and we could obviously continue the conversation and you know Formula Reed to be give them their credit were great you know they did it for the test round the first two rounds of the season but for the third and fourth round we've gone to two places where we've already gone and they've decided yeah we're not going to do a press conference yeah um it's a shame because it's it's been kind of slow news wise for a while now and um, obviously that's a good way to kind of generate stories and generate kind of interesting angles um I can kind of understand why. And I think, as you said, that's probably uh, the case in that they don't want kind of people who haven't got much to talk about re- with regards to the track to kind of start digging into some issues maybe that they don't Yeah. Us, definitely us. They've probably seen or seen a clip of the FEZ show and there you go. Like, no press conferences. This is what they're going to ask. They, they've said what they're going to ask. Let's just cut it. <laughs> go on, Jack. Um, I've just um, uh, I, I've just been checking Twitter because I saw uh, I, I saw a message in our own chat room on our Discord, and uh, basically we have some breaking news. Basically, as we're as we're filming this, it's been confirmed that Daniel Ricciardo will move to McLaren in Formula One for 2021, which means Carlos Sainz has left the team and will probably sign for a Ferrari later today. So, wow, the nice timestamp when we're recording this, but no, Good. that's literally just come through this second. So I just wanted to put that out there so everyone in this call knows right so let's talk about it let's talk about it why on earth have ferrari will not gone with daniel ricardo because yeah okay fine he's gone to mclaren and mclaren are an up-and-coming team and you know mclaren have got the history you know you'd expect them to to move forward and continue moving forward as they are to sort of catch up and become the mclaren that you know, people will remember in the early 2000s, you know, the beginning of the 2010 era and, and, and in the history. But with Ricardo on offer, surely he wanted that Ferrari seat. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine he did. Um, and I, even if it is 
supposedly a kind of de facto, even potentially you know, written into your contract kind of situation that you will be number two. I think he will have a tinge of disappointment. Although, given that McLaren are going back to Mercedes, given the kind of interesting kind of technical appointments they've made with like Andreas Seidel and, and some of this, there has some others uh, kind of within the, the kind of uh, technical department as well. I, I think that this is still a pretty good move for him. I think that he's probably the fastest driver on the grid that they could have realistically gone for. Um, so you know, I don't think Hamilton or Verstappen was, was an option really for them. And obviously they just got rid of Vettel. Uh, so I think if they kind of just wanted to go for the fastest driver available, I think it probably would have been Ricardo. But I guess, you know, he is slightly older than Sainz. Um, and potentially they don't want to kind of create an atmosphere where kind of Leclerc thinks they're bringing in someone to challenge him. I think Sainz is still obviously a very good driver, but maybe they feel that he is more someone who would slip into that number two role. He's, he's younger as well. So maybe they kind of think they can build this partnership over a long period of time, but it's an interesting one. I agree that if they want to go for, if they want to go for the fastest driver on the grid, I think you go for Ricardo. And if you want to go for kind of the best number two option, I think you go for, for Bottas. So it's an interesting one in going for science because I, I, I don't see he fits either of those two categories. For me, it's interesting. A lot of people have been saying that obviously Ricardo going to McLaren, I think is a great move for McLaren. In McLaren as a whole, Jack, it's a fantastic move. Again, they've managed to build up a really remarkable team in terms of Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, which is you know, brilliant. Everyone wants to watch them two. Everyone wants to put them two together. Everyone wants to make challenges with those two. And I'm pretty sure now, now that it's the last year of those two together, there's going to be plenty more challenges if the season does restart, you know, going on to and in, in enjoying that friendship. But they're not losing any markability, McLaren, by signing Ricardo. And this is what we will talk about with Ferrari signing, you know, Ricardo. Their markability would increase. People be more interested in Ferrari. Ricardo's that kind of character people get behind and maybe reveal some fun, you know, a different side of Ferrari. Whereas I have a feeling with, with Norris and Ricardo, you know, that's going to be incredibly markable. There's going to be lots of sponsors who will be interested in that team. And they that could help them move forward drastically going forward. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Daniel Ricciardo is one of the most popular drivers in 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 Formula One right now, as is Lando Norris. Um, so yeah, I think this uh, this could be a win for McLaren. I think it. Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm worried that because we've got the two big like I I really don't want to say the word meme lords because it makes me sound about twelve, <laughs> but but the two the but uh but the two who are most like social media content heavy um they in in the team might it it might work really well it might not work but in terms of um in terms of carlos Sainz going to ferrari um i agree with will i don't think it was the right choice i think we saw last year that with vettel and leclerc that one and two that, that one and two works having two number ones doesn't work right now for ferrari especially under Mattia Binotto, and so, uh, and so, yeah, I think this. Uh, I think what should have happened is that they should have gone for. Um, they should have tempted Bottas away from Mercedes, or they should have, um, or they should have gone for. They could. They could have bought Sergio Perez's um, uh, Aston Martin um, 
contract out. Uh, they uh, they could have done something like that. In the end, they didn't, and they went for Carlos Sainz. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not sure whether it will work, but we will just have to wait and see. Also, uh, one thing that I do know about uh, is that um, when when Carlos is announced next year, it will be the first time that two drivers have uh, the same name in different languages since uh, Kafiat and Ricardo a couple of years ago at Red Bull. Oh, wow. Also, but, yeah. But yeah. Also, the McLaren one is um first British-Australian partnership since Coulthard Weber. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, but what I was thinking in terms of um, Carlos Sainz, like what a career this guy has had, right? Let's remind ourselves, okay, was up against Max Verstappen in that tour or so, obviously lost out to Red Bull, then gets dropped by Red Bull, essentially, then goes to Renault, nearly finds himself out of Formula One, then is picked up by McLaren, and now is potentially a Ferrari driver wheel. Like, Wow, the the emotions of nearly possibly being out of Formula One to now being a Ferrari driver, like, and I know we're saying that he might be, you know, a number two, but he'll be out there to prove a point, especially to Red Bull, to say, look, you know, you cut me, it should have been me in that seat rather than Pierre Gasly, for example. Yeah, I mean, whatever whatever you say, kind of whether he's number one or you know on equal footing or he's number two, going to Ferrari gives him the chance to to win races to get podiums and, you know, to potentially even win a championship if, if kind of, you know, all things go really well at Ferrari. Um, yeah, it's fun, it's an amazing story in, in a way to think kind of coming off the back of a season at Renault when he's kind of lost out over a season to Nico Hülkenberg and, you know, he's moving into a team in McLaren who just kind of been, you know, one of the slowest cars on the grid in 2018. And it, it, it's a fantastic turnaround in it. and, you know, that, that move to McLaren, which at the time could have been seen as a bit of a step backwards going from Renault, who were at the time the kind of best of the rest, and a, you know, a manufacturer team, it, it, it's an incredible turnaround. Um, he obviously had a very good season last year. I, I think that that um, kind of given the strength of the McLaren, that was kind of the minimum requirement for science in, in kind of getting getting to be the best of the rest. Obviously, the, the situation with Gasly and Albon they, meant that he could kind of get up into sixth place. But I think, you know, that sixth place was only a possibility because of the struggles in the second Red Bull seat and the fact that they switched halfway through the season. So he did a good job last season. I'm, I'm still not convinced he is kind of like top level in terms of speed. Like he was obviously actually out-qualified by Norris and Norris had more Q3 appearances than him. Um, he's obviously good in racecraft, but also another part of that is that he potentially didn't have to make as many overtakes last season. Uh, as he might do at a Ferrari, because, you know, that McLaren was often kind of really at the front of the midfield, especially in the second half of the season. So I think he's a good driver, but I'm, I'm still not convinced he's kind of very top, top level. And it'd be interesting to see how he matches up with Leclerc. Yeah. And, I, you know, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, you know, we've been one of the you know, advantages of being in COVID-19 for us in terms of is seeing the likes of Leclerc, George Russell, Alexander Albon, Lando Norris, you know, get on with each other as much as they, you know, as they have. And we've really seen the personality of them, of them grow. It would be interesting to see, you know, Carl Sainz is sort of in that group slightly, especially with Lando Norris and, and so forth. So it would be really interesting to see if he's going to, you know, he's got a, 
a what is it one of those play seat things that he can do the virtual gp in jack so it'd be interesting to probably try and see a little bit more of him and a little bit more of him and leclerc now might be actually quite interesting to see how you know how they are together before give us a little bit of a snapshot of what life could be like in ferrari next year yeah definitely who knows we might even see in the next virtual race maybe carlos Sainz and daniel ricardo in the ferrari and mclaren respectively uh i doubt it because they're still under contract with their own teams but um but no, I think yeah, I think um, yeah, I yeah, I think yeah, I think it will be an interesting partnership. Uh, it could work. But actually, one thing that came to my mind was uh, I'm I, I'm going to say this now, and it's going to be on camera. So if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Carlos Sainz will win a world championship before Max Verstappen. That that is that is what I'm going to say. Good... That is what I'm going to say. Oh. So you're going to say then, so it won't be a number two situation, because obviously for Carlos Sainz to do that, he's actually got to, you know, hit the ground running with Leclerc. I think I think Carlos maybe has to play the number two situation. However, I think it's going to be more like what we saw with like Kim, Kimi and... Kimi and Felipe, um, a few um, about a decade ago, when they were uh, when they raced for Ferrari, because they were very close to each other in each season. But one prevailed in 2007, which was Kimi. Then one prevailed in 2008, which was Felipe. Um, Felipe just an missing out on the championship. But yeah, yeah, an interesting thing about that is that uh, I was actually going to reference the Massa and Raikkonen partnership because obviously they actually both ended up helping each other out. You know, um, Massa moved away, moved aside in Brazil to help Raikkonen and without that Raikkonen wouldn't have won the championship in 07 and then Raikkonen did the same thing in China in 08 to let Massa through which kind of gave Massa that advantage to get a bit closer to Hamilton going into the finale so yeah that that was an interesting partnership I don't think that science is quite going to be kind of as even as those two were with with Leclerc but yeah it's definitely a, it, I think that's what they could have gone for with Ricardo. And, and look at having that kind of partnership and you know they get through halfway through the season they see whoever is the best at that point then maybe they get the backing uh, I think that would have been the best way for them to go about it but um, I think that's something Ricardo would agree to as well yeah so let's talk let's go Formula E because we think when, well we don't think Vettel's going to come um, to Formula E yes to how the contracts are up but as I said I can't see Degrassi you know leaving Formula E or, or leaving Audi I know Audi have had a horrible season but you know he's by far he's done absolute wonders in that car you know I'm looking at the FE driver market and obviously drivers can come in from anywhere that's the problem with like with F1 you're you're looking at a certain section of drivers like who you think is going to progress and, and or even move from one place to the other whereas in FE you can pluck them from anywhere so the driver market in terms of predicting it or talking about it is so much harder will but I'm looking at the situation that we're in and obviously we're in COVID-19 and I can't see much movement Unfortunately, you know, I know we've been speculating, you know, maybe moving Turvey up to Jaguar seat instead of Collado and maybe some of the rookies like Neil Yarny, you know, haven't performed, might be moving out and stepping aside because teams won't be able, if you can't cut it in your first season anymore, you're out. Um, but obviously, it's we've had unforeseen circumstances where a season hasn't probably been completed correctly. They haven't had as much time to prepare that they might get a second chance and we might see the, you know, the calendar drive the market and actually quite stay stable um, in Formula E. Yeah. Um, 
it, it is difficult, I think, because as we've mentioned before, the, the rookies haven't really probably had what you'd call a fair crack at it just yet. I, I think it's only like six races so far in the case of like Yanni and uh, Hartley and Muller and Collado. So I think it would be unfair for any of them to, to lose their seat at this point. Um, and, and as you say, I, I guess you've got kind of like the idea of like Felipe Massa and Losra who are both, who are both quite old at this point, you know, maybe they're thinking of, of moving on. I imagine with, with Degrassi, the fact that Audi have kind of pulled out of DTM and kind of really said that they're going to focus on Formula E, maybe that it, it is going to be a boost, even though they've struggled this season. Um, I think another interesting knock-on from the Formula One situation is what kind of happens with these kind of young driver programs. Um, you know, I think Ferrari promoting from ex- externally is a bit of a kick in the teeth, maybe for for Giovinazzi, even though I, I don't think he's necessarily earned that seat. And in turn, you know, you've got like Schwartzman and Mick Schumacher who potentially thought that they could be getting a promotion out of this, but you know that might be uh, less likely now. Um, and it's a similar situation to see what Renault do. Uh, you know, will Renault pluck for kind of Lungard or uh, Guan Yu Zhu to to kind of fill that seat that's being left vacant by Ricardo, or are they looking at you know trying to tempt Vettel? Are they bringing Hulkenberg back? What kind of what are they doing? So, you know, maybe some of these young drivers who potentially thought that they were getting close to an F1 seat suddenly are thinking, you know, maybe I'll go and consider consider Formula E. So, I think that there could be an interesting knock on from just like the young driver programs here have basically been kind of told like we're going to hire externally we're not going to kind of look from within and maybe that could have an impact on Formula E because you suddenly got like a some kind of these really good talented F2 drivers like Nick De Vries kind of style who instead look to uh, look to move over instead of kind of going into those reserve roles yeah I, Mick Schumacher at Porsche like what's the odds on that um I just think because as you said his name like if you're thinking he's part of the Ferrari obviously driver program but German driver German team um you know that could be interesting it's you know because I said I think you know the, the sport's becoming the series is becoming so competitive Jack that if you are a rookie now and you aren't cutting it you know I don't think you're going to get the time to to develop I don't think you you have to you have to come in you have to do a bit of your job straight away now because there's too much on the line yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think we will see a few changes at the end of season six. Uh, I don't really see um, Neil Yarny sticking around for much longer. Um, I think that um, uh, I think. Well, I'm I'm going to throw the name Nico Hulkenberg in there, like uh, because he that's won, a Porsche as well. Because he won uh, the 2015 Le Mans with Porsche. Um, but the thing, uh, uh, but the thing is. Yeah, we just we just don't we we just we just don't really know, um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think in terms of like drivers who may retire in the next coming years, I think Felipe Massa won't extend his state of Venturi. This season hasn't been good enough, and so he'll give it one like, he'll give it his final year on his contract, and then uh, I don't think we'll see um, much more of him in Formula E after that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no, I think there will be a few changes uh maybe not at the end of season six because um because of the weird season that we've had because of this pandemic but definitely at the end of season seven there will be quite a few big changes in formula e i think yeah i think yeah. jack's right um in in saying like i think Collado and yanni have kind of got a bit of respite for now but you know if they don't kind of come out firing in season seven i think that they're going to be in, in real in real threat of, of losing their seats for sure yeah, let's think season seven or, you know, because 
we're in a situation where we don't have that many races left and when it could restart and so forth. So let's look at the calendar. And I think what's really going on in the world right now is Germany. And obviously the Bundesliga is starting up in uh, this weekend. So I think Formula E will be looking at that massively because it seems like if there's a country that's willing to open to racing at some point behind closed doors, you know, within the next month or two, by late June, July, would be Germany at this point, Jack. Yeah, I think, um, I think, yeah, as, as I've said from day dot, we'll go back to, uh, we'll go to Berlin because it's rel- it's relatively easy to set up. You don't need to close down any roads or anything. You just go to Tempelhof, map out the track and then drive around it. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Berlin, Berlin, I think was always going to be on the cards. I don't think it's going to be as close as like next month. I think they might hold out until uh, because Formula E is such a community based and always brings out. The, I think they'll put it. In, I I genuinely think we'll go to Berlin in September and then we'll have one final race in October. And as I've said since day dot, I still think I still think it's going to be Valencia. Um, I think it's I think it's just easier there. I think we because because we got the because that's where the Formula E cars are held right now. I think. Yeah, just hold a race um, start of October there, hold a race end of September in um, Berlin, and then that's the season done in terms of what we'd necessarily need to do, and then start planning for season seven. Yeah, because it's a good litmus test, this will in terms of if it works in with the Bundesliga and if things go the way that it, it's supposed to go, which we're hoping that you know not many people pick up COVID nineteen, the cases still go down. Uh, and stuff like that, and obviously NASCAR is in well in America, that's sort of starting up this weekend as well, obviously both of those are very, you know, domestic based competitions um, whereas obviously Formula E is international but if it goes well, then Formula E can say, hey look you know, you, you, you're doing these sporting events we're only a couple more hundred people you know, we can run a skeleton crew we're in our own little environment in the Tempelhof airport away from people, you know we're not closing down streets we're in our own little bubble there you know, it could it could happen. It could happen maybe before September if, you know, things go to plan. Yeah, I think there are two elements to kind of the sporting events um, that are happening this weekend. So you've got Bundesliga and, and, and then NASCAR. I think the first element is just like they are, uh, as you say, a litmus test to see if, if you can literally hold a sporting event without everyone getting it. And if they can kind of successfully hold a round of matches and, you know, they're able to contain the disease. And if NASCAR is able to hold a race weekend and they're able to contain the disease, then I think that's an important kind of milestone in the sense that like we've got to a point where it is possible to have sports events. Obviously the second part of that is the international travel travel element, which isn't the case in NASCAR or um, in Bundesliga. So that will be the next thing that kind of Formula E and all forms of international motorsport will have to kind of overcome. But I think this is an interesting uh, kind of milestone to see if it is possible to hold a sporting event to kind of create this kind of biosphere as as Ross Braun called it and we can kind of go from there because if you can't even hold kind of like domestic football matches or domestic racing then I think that means that any kind of international racing like Formula E is, is a long way off. Yeah I, I'd have to agree like for me personally I'm just in terms of form in terms of going back racing I, I want them, you know, the, going to airports because that's the main issue. The main issue is airports. That's what I'm trying to get out. And you're you're going in, Jack, to so many people, and 
I think if you were to stay in Europe, which I think is really essential for Formula E to stay in Europe, you can at least drive from one place to the other. It might be a long drive, but at least you can contain your team members, your drivers, the team members that are going to the race, and you all drive together. You're not going to an airport where you can be contaminated by somebody else or some other person that's on the flight, and there's all these other factors. I think if they stay in Europe and they drive from Berlin to Spain or something like that, then at least they're keeping it within that biosphere. They're not they're not going to an airport to then infect someone else. They're just driving the freight basically from one place to, from point A to point B. Yeah, uh yeah, definitely staying in Europe is uh is the best option. Uh I think yeah, and and uh and driving from A to B I think I think is perfect. I mean like yeah, yesterday in an alternate universe I would have driven from my house in Oxford to Rotterdam, but in the end, I didn't. So yeah, I think doing this like road trip from Berlin to Valencia, I mean, it it uh, it it wouldn't take that it wouldn't take that long to drive to. Uh, I think that's the best option to go for. I'd also like to point out it's just been announced Carlos Sainz is going to Ferrari. So okay, so we've covered, two, it. We've two, covered two year, it. Two year deal. So yeah. Um, big news! Big news for them. Gotta be delighted. I'm delighted for Sainz. I think he's a great guy from just everything that we've seen. So, uh, you know. It changes the landscape of Formula 1 quite a bit, I think, and it makes 2021 a bit more juicy, and maybe we kind of just, like, scrap this season, let's just think about 21, because then you've got all these all these new things to look forward to, but... Um, we can speculate literally for eight months. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> Actually, have just have, just have, like, um, the thing is, like, the thing is, like, these... We, we could go to tracks. We could have practice on a fr- uh, fr- for, uh, for Formula One. This is not 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 Formula. This is a Formula E show, by the way. But we talk about Formula One. Wow. But yeah, no, they could they could just have practice on the Friday. They they could have qualifying Saturday morning, race Saturday afternoon, qualifying again Sunday morning, race Sunday afternoon, and and uh, and just have races every two weeks from like when it's safe enough to go up until um, up until December. And so that 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 way we cover the whole thirteen race, whatever it is in Formula One. Yeah, I think Formula One will obviously, you know, finish off the season in some point or form. But as I said, you know, it makes twenty twenty one interesting. You know, it's a shame really that the new regs won't go come in for twenty twenty one because it feels like a big change in driver lineup, big change in technical regula- regulations, and you know everything will be you know handy going going into that season so just to sort of finish up because i suppose yeah the driver market in fe and is is a tough one the season again is is, you know formula one as we we talk about formula one today you know we'll have the same problems about restarting but i really believe that you know countries now that are starting and i know formula wanted to go to south korea but i still think that's you know too risky in terms of the flights because you'd obviously have to fly everyone over and you know there's there's the chance of contamination even though South Korea have started their football league have obviously started Korean baseball as well so they they've got going on sporting events so you that's why formula e are thinking you know they've got starting on on sporting events behind closed doors so we can go there but we'd have to fly there whereas obviously and and there's complications about that at the moment. That's why people are really worried about the aviation industry at this precise moment because no one is really flying. It's just it's just cargo stuff, um, which I suppose you could take cars in. Cars. I hope the cars don't catch coronavirus. But um, I suppose the last thing then to sort of wrap up the show in terms of Formula E is a lot of people have been speculating that this period of time is now the time where we we decide to you know what 
scrap petrol cars, we need to go fully electric. And, you know, being in London, the air quality has improved drastically. Um, and, you know, people have been taking photos of, you know, different places uh, from not just London, but from around the globe where you can see the air pollution on a normal day last year. You take a photo today and, you know, the air pollution's not there because obviously there's basically much less cars on the road. There's much less need for air pollution at this precise moment. And people are really happy about life. And Sylvain Felipe, the managing director of um, Envision Virgin Racing, has come out, you know, alongside of what Alejandro Gag and Jamie Regal said um, last week about, you know, this could be the catalyst and said this could be the moment that, you know, car manufacturers go will and say, this, we're going to move to electric vehicles and we're really going to focus on that uptake. Yeah, I think that this situation is so kind of unprecedented and so kind of wide ranging in its impact that it would be silly not to kind of reconsider a lot of the things that kind of we did before this came about. And I think that air travel and kind of car travel is a big part of that. And, you know, I, I think that there's going to be a, a difficulty because I imagine that there's going to be a desperation to kind of get economies up and running very quickly. And that kind of desperation might even lead to kind of pollution kind of basically kind of rocketing that back up to what it was because suddenly as soon as they can, everyone will get back on the plane, everyone will get back in their car and, you know, it'll be in a kind of six month respite, but you know, in the long run, maybe not making much of an impact. So I think there needs to be a kind of concerted effort from, from governments, from, from organizations to really use this as a turning point and a point where we say that we don't want pollution anymore. We don't want kind of, businesses to just continue to kind of pollute the planet because we've seen a, a better way of doing things but uh it's going to need a lot of cooperation for that to work of course like that's the thing so i'm hoping it's callous because i for one i remember ever since really starting formula e is really up to my interest in having an electric car and obviously i don't have an electric car at the moment but the problem is is that even now in 2020 like the charging stations are still not really there you know, and there's still a lot of limitations with electric vehicles. And I'd love, Jack, to, to have an electric vehicle. And I'm hoping that if governments, as Will says, do get together, do start acting, that, you know, the possibility of owning an electric car that we can take 400 miles down the road without needing to charge, you know, is quite close. Yeah, yeah, ho yeah. Hopefully, it will be not far away. I mean, I I can't afford an electric car to save my life, so I'm 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 very happy keeping my 2004 Skoda Fabia. But um, but uh, uh but yeah, no, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think that uh, I I think that what's happened is 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 a step in the right direction. I find it quite quite hilarious, really, that that someone eating a bat has done more good for more good for the world and the environment than. Um, Swedish environmentalist Greta Thunberg, but ah well. Um, uh, but um, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's um, uh, but yeah, no, I think yeah, this yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we step in the right direction. Uh, I yeah, I won't be I won't be able to afford an electric car for a while, but no, that's 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 something that I definitely want to do. I think Formula E has really helped with that as well. I think it's. I think it's I think it's pretty damn cool having an electric car. I think it's uh, I all I've done electric car is um done a three point turn in my driveway. That's it. Oh, at least you've experienced it. Um, 
Yeah, just the thing. It's just, I suppose it is interesting, but as I said, it's a bit like us. You know, people take advantage of situations, and now there are people out there that will take advantage of situations to profit, benefitly. But you know, you take advantage of you do these chat shows every day. You know, we try and bring some good out of it, and uh, you know, the air pollution has improved, will, and you know, people want to take advantage of that. And people are saying, you know what, I want to continue this way. You know, I went out for a walk and there's people saying, oh, the, you know, people in my family saying, you know, the air is so much cleaner than, than it's been before. Like, it, it's, it's, it's a proper eye-opener for some people. Yeah, I, I hope so. But uh, as as you kind of both referenced, the, the infrastructure and the cost is kind of still a prohibitive thing for a lot of people. So it will be, you know, and... Another thing you have to factor into this is that like a lot of people will have been affected financially by this situation as well. So it, it, it's easy to, to kind of say, you know, I hope this will be a catalyst, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of kind of like things that need to fall in place. I, I really hope it's the case. And I really, I mean, other than the fact that I am kind of getting horrendous hay fever every time I go outside at the moment, I am enjoying the cleaner air. Um, and, you know, as someone who lives near yeah, a very, very kind of busy road that, you know, on an, any normal day is kind of congested all the way up. It, it has been really pleasant to actually be able to cross that road kind of whenever I want. So I think it, it, it's a, it's been a nice change of, of pace, but uh, yeah, it does need it, the cost to come down. It does need to become more accessible. Uh, you need more charging points and everything. So yeah, I, I, I hope it will need, it will need government support and uh, the support of organizations too. Yeah, but hopefully, as I said, there's always good that comes out of bad situations, and hopefully, one of the goods that come out of this bad and horrific situation is the sort of push towards climate change and and, and maybe pushing electric vehicles to to move up forward. So, boys, we're rapidly running out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Cheers, Jack. Right, Jack. T- tomorrow, I promise. I promise, everyone. We will go back to Formula E, right? Formula One's done now. It's over. Science is signed. Yeah. Ricardo signed. It's very over. Short right? It's two done. Days. So tomorrow we'll be talking about the Race at Home Challenge at Hong Kong. Um, so we'll be previewing that event and, and, and talking news, potential DLC news. We've got some news coming up that we want to release in that show. So please join us tomorrow remember we have a discord link so if you want to join the fun join the chat with about lots of most board there's been so much formula one chat in a formula e chat room that we've probably ever would have imagined so um it doesn't have to be about formula e we've enjoyed talking about any motorsport so if you want to come and join the fun use a discord link below also remember hit that like button and subscribe button it helps us out dramatically if i can even speak english anymore but thank you so much for watching and we will see you tomorrow Thank you.